But we're going to jump in now uh, from uh, look at the Bible. And I don't know if you know, but at the end of the Bosnian War in the 1990s, a piece of graffiti was discovered in Sarajevo. This graffiti was shocking because it expressed something that seemed so odd, so counter, so unreal. The brutal war that had taken place had killed over 100,000 people, and now that war was over. But this graffiti said something incredible. Someone had written the words, it was better when it was really bad. A shocking statement. Now that there was peace, someone was lamenting what had happened, what they'd lost in the middle of the brutality. The war with the untold grief was over, but that had also produced something so beautiful that they missed. It's a statement that all the research backs up. That when you're facing such hardship and such disaster that your life may be on the line, some of the other worries of life seem to somehow decrease. The normal squabbles, the insecurities, the failures, the dreams that haven't been realized, the annoyances about your partner, the family squabbles, suddenly somehow seem smaller and bother us less when we're in fear of our lives. It's almost as if that in the middle of hardship that threatens everything, we suddenly realize the beauty of what we actually do have, which includes the breath in our lungs and the reality of how much we have with each other as a community. This graffiti came to my mind over the last week or so about Ukraine. Because that graffiti points to a beauty that we have all seen on our screens and on social media over the last week. That in the middle of the most unimaginable horror, the most beautiful things happen. Russian prisoners, soldiers taken captive, being given hot tea and cake and the opportunity to video call their mums. Stories of refugees being housed in their thousands. The defiance of defenseless soldiers up against warships. The defiance of little 80-year-old babushkas in Russia being arrested protesting the war. There is a beauty in desperation that is truly remarkable. And for just a few minutes... I want to briefly reflect on that and apply it for us today by using one verse from the Bible and apply it to our situations as individuals and to us as a church right now. Because I wonder if this is a crucial lesson that we sort of know, but we maybe all need to name today. So here's the Bible verse. It's going to come up on the screen. Some verses from the book of James. If it can come up on the screen, that would be wonderful. And I, can, I, can I encourage us all to read this out loud? Let's read these words. James chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. Let's read them out loud together. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above 
coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And the particular verse I want to focus on is the middle verse, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who doesn't change like the shifting shadows. I think there's two things that we would do well to remember from this verse. The first thing is this. Enjoy the good times as gift, not a right. I wonder if there's a real temptation for all of us at the moment. We're coming out of the pandemic and all the challenge that that has been. Now we face global uncertainty that we've not known for some time. We face rising energy costs. All of us face huge pressure on our own personal finances. This moment is quite a precarious one. And the temptation that I see in myself, and I wonder if many of us have, is to just long for an easier life. A life of comfort and ease. And this verse reminds us that all good gifts are from above. But they're gifts, not rights. It can be easy for us in the Western world to adopt a sort of sense of entitlement. You're worth it. I deserve a better life. I deserve a better partner. I deserve a job that fulfills my every need. I deserve a bigger house. I deserve a car that makes me look slick. Or whatever your particular thing that you spend your mind wandering towards. And in times of challenge, when those things don't come, we either therefore want to move on quickly to try and find those things, or we get crushed by the sense that everyone else gets what they want and we don't. But what James reminds us is that it's a call to focus on those things as a gift rather than a right. One politician said this a few years ago. Uh, they'd been invited, and this is the quote, they'd been invited to give a keynote speech on the European crisis at that particular time. And the people that had invited them had forked out the ludicrous sum necessary to buy me a first-class ticket, this politician writes. On my way back home, tired and with several flights under my belt, I was making my way past the long queue of economy passengers to get to my gate. Suddenly I noticed, this politician writes, with horror, how easy it was for my mind to be infected with the sense that I was entitled to bypass them. I realized how readily I could forget that which I'd always known. And here's the words that nothing succeeds in reproducing itself better than a false sense of entitlement. Friends, those of us who name the name of Jesus, who say we are followers of Christ, follow a Savior who stooped to wash his disciples' feet and was nailed to a cross. Self-sacrifice is the deal. 
a life of comfort may not be. Good things enjoy as gift. Paul talks to Timothy about how those who are wealthy should not trust in their wealth, but enjoy it. Not demanding it, but embracing it as gift. And friends, the church has thrived most when in positions of hardship and desperation. When all we've got, frankly, is to get on our knees. Because God, we've got nothing. We need you. I love that video from Stephen Mahila James. We're partnering with them. We've given a gift because they're supporting 125 different refugees to come to their particular part of Romania, two churches that they're working with. I love that fact. That gift comes from you to people who are in genuine fear of their lives. That's what our giving does. That's why we encourage people, all of us, to review our giving regularly. As we generously and sacrificially give of the gifts we've been given, we then don't depend on those as right. We're free to then generously give them away. The money we've been given, the time we've been given, building God's kingdom in a hundred different ways. I love the fact that Addo has recently started on the staff team. And it always comes with the fresh eyes because what Addo has done has made us, reminded us, do you know how many good things are happening? Lives are being changed, friends. So please do review your giving today. Focus on the gift as gift, not a right. Change is how we see it. We're thankful. We embrace it. But there's something else. The second thing is this, not only do we focus on the gift as gift rather than right, but actually I think James calls us to focus on the giver of those gifts rather than the gift. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And I don't know about you, in this changing world and in this uncertain time, it can be so easy to focus on circumstance rather than the one who holds the circumstance in his hands. The father of the heavenly lights, who does not change, has got this, has got you, has got your challenges, has got your relationships, has got your questions, has got your finances, has got your career, has got your sense of fulfillment. He's got you. He's the father of the heavenly lights. I love that video of Stephen Mahalo. And I don't know if you know, the singing is Ukrainian. People fleeing for their lives, calling out in their own language that God is in control. Because that's the only thing that carries us through. Not a change in circumstance. Not a better career, a more fulfilling job, a partner that ticks all your boxes, a different family dynamic. The only one that can carry us is the one who is above, the father of the heavenly lights, who does not ever change. I heard a story the other day which was beautiful. You know, at the beginning of COVID, there was the clap for carers we did every Thursday night. I heard a story from somebody that visits regularly to prison. He visits them, not because he's in and out all the time, but he visit, regularly visits prisons. 
And the prisoners in the prison that he regularly visits knew about the clap for carers and knew that the prison guards, just the same as all other key workers, were also really stretched. So do you know what the prisoners decided to do? Seven o'clock every Thursday night, in their cells, they would clap the prison guards. One author puts it like this. When humans face an existential crisis, they don't fall apart, but they pull together. And friends, one of the greatest ways of focusing on the giver of life, the giver of those good things rather than the good things themselves, is each other. Friends, look around the room. Go on, actually look around. Look at each other. I wonder if in this moment of real uncertainty, the key thing that we might need to be reminded of is that to follow Christ is to take a path of self-sacrifice for each other. And in this room is a community of people, and at home who are gathered with us, a community of people who at this moment in our world and coming out of the pandemic, we need each other more and more. And one of the greatest things we can do is simply show up and point each other to the Father of the heavenly lights, who is the only one that will make sense when your finances are gone to pot. Who is the only one that can carry you even in the middle of war-torn stuff? Who's the only one that can give you hope in the middle of a relationship that is falling apart? And we need each other to point to the Father of the heavenly lights. During COVID, many of us have got used to watching church in our pajamas. Welcome to you if you're doing that right now. <laughs> Bless you. Showing up on Sundays, showing up to your group when you do church at home, gathering together in your group helps the other people to put steel and fire in them when their world is pulling apart, to point them to the one who is above all. And that says, friends, your circumstances may not change, but the God of the universe has got you because I'm here with you. Might I say the temptation at the moment is that we're all longing for this slightly easier pattern of comfort. And I get that. But maybe, maybe, maybe the way we find true, lasting meaning and purpose is in each other. As I close, I don't know if you heard just how many men who are Ukrainians who live in other countries are now returning to Ukraine to fight. Tens of thousands of people who live in comfort are choosing to willingly lay aside their own personal ease for the sake of their community to point them and give them life. Friends, may we as God's church in this city be the same.